realize I didn't introduce myself if we have any freshmen here. My name's Father Ruben, Father Ruben Dykes, you can call me Father Ruben. I'm the, uh, the parochial vicar, I'm not the pastor of Christ the King. This is my beginning my second year um, here at my alma mater where I, I myself went to school and graduated. If we continue through John's gospel as, as we break open a little bit more the the mystery of the Eucharist, Jesus is continuing to draw, to draw those who are listening in, into, you know, the, the fullness of this mystery. That yes, he is the bread that has come down from heaven, the bread that is to, to give life, the bread that is to nourish their hunger more than just the natural hunger. And then he concludes, as, in which we'll segue into next week, where he says, it's my flesh. It's my flesh for the life of the world. Now, the church, the church pairs the gospel today with that first reading from from Kings where we hear of the story of Elijah the great prophet maybe the greatest prophet in the old the old covenant and and the scene that we hear comes right after one of the greatest miracles that he had worked when he was essentially he was the only faithful prophet still living that the rest of Israel had gone over to to idolatry and to the worship of of Baal and and there were there were hundreds of prophets of Baal that were essentially in, in the service of the king and uh, and they were protected by the by the royal power and so Elijah was was not in favor with with the king and especially with the queen Jezebel and and he had he had had enough and so he said okay he said all you prophets of Baal he said, build an altar, carve up this animal for sacrifice, and call on your God, and I'm going to do the same. And whichever God produces fire and consumes the sacrifice, that's the living God. Like, let's, let's stop going back and forth about who should we worship. And so, look, over 400 prophets of Baal, they do that. Right? They cut up their sacrifice, they start chanting to Baal and dancing around the, uh, the altar and nothing happens. Then Elijah does the same thing and he doesn't just place the, the animal to be sacrificed on the wood, he soaks it in water and then he calls down, he says, God, you know, if you are the true God, then send down your fire. And immediately fire comes down from heaven and consumes the entirety, not just the sacrifice, but the altar, the water that was laying in the trench around the altar. Which then led to a little bit of a revolt, the people of God, and they, they put the, the idolatrous prophets to death. And Queen Jezebel wasn't too happy about that, disturbing the peace. And so she's after Elijah, and so he's running for his life. That's where, that's where he is right now. He's, he's getting out of town, he's headed towards the desert, one day's journey and he's just whipped both physically and emotionally he's, you know just just enough of this lord my god just let me die please let me die and i'm tired of living in anxiety trying time tired of living in in the fear and having to deal with with the king and the queen right? always breathing down my throat having to look over my shoulder and so he falls asleep and and he's awakened by an angel Tells him to wake and to eat. He looks and there's, 
There's just this mysterious food sitting next to him, a jug of water and a miraculous loaf of bread. We encountered this last week from the Exodus story, the manna from heaven, more miraculous bread. Again, a foreshadowing, something that points towards, towards Jesus Christ in the Eucharist, the fulfillment of that imagery. We see it here again with Elijah, this miraculous bread that, that he eats and then he falls back asleep because he's still tired and the angel wakes him up again and says, no, eat or else you will not have enough strength for your journey. And so he eats and then he goes on from there, 40 days journey in the desert to the mountain of God, to Mount Horeb. Again, also that, that 40 day time period, not coincidence, right? When the miraculous bread came to the Israelites in the desert, the manna from heaven, there was a 40-year journey there. The number 40 is always symbolic of, of, of purification, of penance. And also, again, the imagery of, of moving through the pilgrimage to the desert into the promised land, the place of rest. That, that for us, life is that 40-day, that 40-year journey. That time of testing, the time of purification, in order that we may per be perfected in charity and so enter into the promised land that is heaven, the very life of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit itself, through Jesus Christ. And yet, like Elijah, we too, we too get tired. And this, this may seem a little counterintuitive as we're like at the beginning of this semester. I know it's move-in day, so there's, the, you can feel the energy kind of building, this excitement, not so much the exhaustion. But, but the exhaustion will hit at some point. It will hit at some point. And then maybe if you're not a student, you're already at that place. Like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm tired. You know? And so the Lord gives us, again, we see last week the Lord, the Lord satisfying the hunger of the people. And he tells them, don't just hunger for food you know, that fills your belly. Don't just hunger for the natural food, but hunger for that which leads to eternal life, the supernatural he also, he also reveals another, another quality, a gift of, of his body, blood, soul, and divinity of the Eucharist, that it is something that is to strengthen. It is to be food for the journey. That if we do not eat, if we do not partake of the miraculous bread, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, then more than likely we are going to be worn down. We are not going to have enough strength of our own for the journey to the promised land of heaven. We will collapse. He knows that. He knows that. And, and our journey, it is one of, of, of time. Right? It is one of time, of duration. It is one of, in a certain sense, sometimes it's a pilgrimage of, of, of space where we move from one place to another. But it's also a journey of the spirit. And this is right, the, the deeper, more important component that, that maybe... Maybe my life is, is not going to be as long as somebody else. Maybe I'm going to live 50 years longer than. Maybe I'm going to stay in one place my entire life. Maybe I'm going to move all over the place. But those things don't determine whether, whether I make it to the end of the journey, whether I enter into the promised land. Right? What, what determines that is my, my union with Christ. My union with Christ. And so we... The, the journey is one of, of purification, of, again, of growing more and more in the likeness of Jesus Christ. That he begins to take flesh in me. And so the virtues 
of Jesus Christ are alive in my own soul. They're exemplified in the way that I, I relate to my brothers and sisters, to those who, who I know, my family, those who I love, to my enemies, to the stranger, to the poor. That the more and more I, I, I walk with the Lord, his virtues, the virtues of his heart should, should become enfleshed in me and he gives us the Eucharist to do that because it's it's hard it's hard to be a disciple of Christ at times especially in today's world where we're in a lot of ways post-Christian right that Christianity stuff worked well for a time but we're beyond that we're smarter than that we don't need that stuff anymore and that's 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 one of the the common choruses that we hear and so that in itself it's it's exhausting to to come up against that and there there are many many other strands of that that sentiment that basically communicate like look you you do what makes you happy you do what's good for you which is contrary to the gospel of jesus christ it allows for malice it allows for bitterness and it allows for this anger and this rage, the things that St. Paul in that letter to the Ephesians is saying, look, you got to root that stuff out. That stuff doesn't, it's not part of Jesus' heart. And so we got to get it out of yours so his heart can live more in there. And that's just a short list. But so so that, that journey, that pilgrimage of allowing the Lord to purify us, to show us where we need to grow in virtue and then actively working on that, of trying to be more kind, of trying to be more patient, of being forgiving, of enduring suffering, of being diligent in my responsibilities. That, that can be exhausting. It can be exhausting. And so the Lord gives us food for the journey because he knows we can't hack it on our own. We need him. And he wants us, he wants us to complete the journey. That's the other side of it. That, it, that the gift is always given out of love. He gives us more than we need to get there because he wants so much for us to walk with him, not only as we journey through this life, but in eternity. He wants to reveal the beauty of his Father. And he wants us to drink in the love of the Father even more than we can now. Something that is reserved for eternal life, to drink him in fully as he does. So he gives us the gift of his body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist today. And so we ask him in this Mass as we prepare to move into the liturgy of the Eucharist. That we may not grow weary, that we may not grow tired. That we may not allow the weight, the pressures, the trials of, of life to burden us to a point of exhaustion. That we fail to seek him. That we fail to come consistently on a weekly basis at least to worship and to eat, to feast on that nourishment that he gives us, that food for the journey. And no matter how tired we may get, that we may always rest in him. We may always prioritize him. And that we may not let our faith grow weary he tells us that this is enough. It is enough to get us to eternal life. 
the promised land. He who eats will live forever. That's a promise. I can build my life on that. And so no matter how tired I am, no matter how many people are hunting me down trying to kill me, like Elijah, no matter the weight of exams, how terrible school's going, whatever it may be that tends to, to just deplete me of energy, both physically and then emotionally, and sometimes what attacks my spiritual energy. But Jesus promised, he promises, if you eat my body, blood, my soul and divinity, you will have eternal life. So we pray for the grace to have an increase of faith in that truth, especially when I find myself laid out under a broom tree with Elijah, saying, Lord, just in this, but know that I may remember the promise, I may stir up that faith, and I may, I may, I may reach out to Jesus in the Eucharist, both reposed in the tabernacle, but especially, especially at the altar in Holy Mass, that I may consume him, trusting that his word is truth, and that if I eat, if I drink, that I will have the strength for the journey, that he will bring me home. He will bring me to the Father's house and allow me to share of the riches that wait for us there.